The Bible says Jesus hid. He hid. Now, I, I was really shocked there because Jesus could have relied on his faith. He could have said, angels, you all come down here and protect me, get me out of here. He could have prayed for God to do some kind of miracle to just make him vanish. But you know, the Bible says Jesus hid. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. Oh, it's a joy to be with you, and we certainly want to thank all of you all who are joining us on my television or those of you joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. We're doing part two, something we started last time entitled Wisdom for Living, Wisdom for Living. And I like to just uh, read a little humor, as I sometimes do, often I do when I find something humorous. But I came across this in my email this week. And it says, a butcher saw a lawyer passing by his shop one day and asked him, attorney, what would you do if a dog came into your store and stole your meat? The lawyer replied, why, of course, I would make the owner pay for it. The butcher said, if that is so, now you owe me $15 because it is your dog. The lawyer replied, very well. Just deduct the $15 from the $25 you owe me for the advice, and I'll collect the remaining $10 the next time I pass by. (laughs) Open your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs chapter 3, the book of Proverbs chapter 3. And we'll we'll read, uh, we were taking a text from Proverbs chapter 3 and also Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 3. And Proverbs chapter 4. And let's begin Proverbs chapter 3. Let's read verses 13 through 18. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. Ready? Read. Happy is a man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. And also Proverbs chapter 4 says pretty much the same thing. Proverbs chapter 4 reemphasizes the same point about wisdom, beginning with verses 5. We'll read verses 5 through 13. Proverbs 4, 5 says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of thy life shall be many. 
I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. I just love that. And so we're talking from the subject wisdom for living. Um, Proverbs just really highlights over and over again how precious wisdom is, the wisdom of God, and of what great value it is in our lives. And it tells us, I just love the the descriptive things that it tells us to do. It, it sort of treats, personifies wisdom as a person. It says, retain her, grab a hold of her, don't let her go. It says riches are in her left hand, honor, riches and honor in her left hand, length of days in her right hand. She'll preserve you. She'll keep you. She'll promote you. And so um, I just love the way that that wisdom is personified here. And, And really what he's saying, he's not exalting wisdom over God. He's really saying God is the wisdom of our lives. God is the wisdom of our lives. And if you will just stay with God, stay with God, the same spirit. Now, now notice what the Bible Proverbs says about wisdom in chapter eight. It says that he wisdom was with God when God planned out the earth for the foundations were laid and the mountains were brought into existence and the sea was designed. Wisdom said I was with God. And so wisdom uh, it's really the wisdom of God is, is, is the wisdom of God uh, being a part of our lives. And so don't let God out of your lives. Keep God. When you keep God in your life, you're keeping the same wisdom that planned all of creation. The same wisdom. You folks, do you realize the wisdom it took to put this earth in the orbit, spin it on his axis? Not let it get burnt up by the sun and rotate it around all the other planets. When you understand the wisdom of how the earth is perfectly weighted and balanced, when you understand the wisdom of all the atmospheric pressures and all of the things that go on here, the way is perfectly measured out and planned out by Almighty God. So the Bible is saying the wisdom that planned all of that out is the same wisdom that is available to lead and guide your life in every area of life. That gives me confidence. Man, that gives me confidence. There's no problem that you have where, where God doesn't know. He, you know, there's no problem you can come up with that where it just stumps God. And God just says, whoo, that got, you got me on that one. I don't know what to do with it. There's no problem that comes up that stumps God. And so this is what the Bible is admonishing. This is the same wisdom, same wisdom. A guided creation is available to guide our lives in all areas of life. And so this wisdom is is designed really for us to live, to make proper decisions and proper choices in our lives. It's it's the same wisdom that um, helps us to navigate, chart, through the course of life, in all areas of life. And when we're in certain dilemmas and problems, it's not so much that we need a bailout or that we so much need a miracle. We need the the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom. If you have the wisdom, you can find your way out of anything. It's the wisdom we need. It's the wisdom. That's why James said, he said, if any man 
He said, count on all joy. If you find, you know, find yourself in tests and trials, count on all joy. And then he goes on and says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He's able to give it to you liberally and upbraideth not. And so when we find ourselves in, in difficult times and situations, it's the wisdom of God that we need in terms of dealing with a child or dealing with a spouse. One thing I noticed here in my study is that wisdom, if you look at Proverbs 3.17, one thing about wisdom, Proverbs 3.17, you'll notice, notice what it says, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. The wisdom of God will bring peace. It'll bring peace into your situation. The wisdom of God will bring peace into your heart. The wisdom of God will give you peace with God. The wisdom of God will bring you peace into your family, peace into your relationship. So notice that's one of the characteristics of wisdom. The same thing if you flip back to the back of your New Testament to the book of James. Now here's something ironic. I, I, I just ran across this and I noticed that and I, I said, I said, Lord, you, you really highlighted something there. I, I love that's neat the way you hooked that up. Now, we just read Proverbs 3.17. Look at Proverbs 3.17 again. Notice what it says. It's talking about wisdom. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. That's Proverbs 3.17. Now, look at James 3.17. Put it in the same chapter, same verse in James. And I thought that was a neat little hookup. No, notice what it says. James chapter 3, verse 17. Notice what it says. But the wisdom... That is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. So notice um, the wisdom of God will, will bring his wisdom will bring peace in our relationships. Man, I'm telling you, if you if you uh, you know, if you're in a marriage, my God, if you want peace in your marriage, if you want peace in your home. Here's the key. Proverbs gives James gives it to us. Wisdom brings peace because wisdom will tell you when to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> wisdom will tell you there have been man, there have been many times wisdom has saved me in my marriage. Many times I'm about to say something I, I knew I didn't need to be saying. You ever you ever been in a situation where as you're saying it, you know you shouldn't be saying it, <laughs> and you saying to yourself, "I'm gonna be in trouble for saying this," and I know it, and you go on and shoot your mouth off anyway, knowing it. So, you know, so wisdom is there to, to say, no, you know, I don't think you want to say that. There have been many times I've been eating dinner and I wanted to make a comment about how I didn't think the food was prepared right. Wisdom, shut my mouth. Wisdom, shut my mouth. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful for those moments because it keeps strife out of our home. Saves you from fussing and fighting. That's why it says wisdom is easy to be entreated, it's gentle, it's peaceable. And so Proverbs says that, James says that. So that's one of the one of the great attributes of wisdom. It knows how to bring peace in a situation. You need the wisdom of God. And when you're in a situation where somebody's just raging and hollering and yelling, just quietly say to yourself, God, give me wisdom. Give me the wisdom of God to handle this situation. Allow wisdom to bring peace and to be gentle and easy to be entreated into this situation, into my marriage, into my home. Use the wisdom of God. So wisdom is available to help us make uh, the right choices, right decisions. And, you know, we said last time that wisdom, the Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Fear of God, that's, the, that's where wisdom begins. You got to first recognize, you know, God's nothing to play with. There is a God. And, and that's the beginning of wisdom to know that your soul is going to leave this place 
And your soul is going to have an eternal destination. So wisdom is saying, you know, this is a short time here, but you're going to have all eternity to spend somewhere. And so wisdom is saying, you better make the right choice about your eternity. So the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Somebody emailed me a while back, an email about people in history who publicly taunted God or made fun of God. They disdained God, just mocked God publicly. And the email was very interesting because in all of these cases, the people ended in horrible deaths and destruction. And they were just showing that, you know, they weren't saying for sure that that was the reason it happened, but they were just showing the parallel. Here's somebody who mocked God openly, made fun of God openly, accused and railed on God, disdained God. And look at what happened to their life. And in fact, one of them, one of the accounts was the designer of the ship, the Titanic. And when he had designed and had the ship built, somebody asked him how durable, how solid it was. He, he raised his voice and lifted up. He said, not even God could sink the Titanic. He was one of those people that, that didn't, you know, he didn't show fear of God. And we all know the result of the Titanic. And, and, the, and this email had about 10 accounts like that. People who had uh, tempted God or, you know, just lashed out at God and they just, they just made ungodly comments, had no fear of God and how somehow through some strange events, their lives ended in terrible disasters just to, and the email was really saying, God's not somebody you want to play with. <laughs> He's not somebody to take lightly. He is ruler of this universe. He is Lord of all. He is creator. He does control everything. And God, he, he brought you in this world and he'll take you out. <laughs> so wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Somebody sent me this quote and I loved it about wisdom. It says, wisdom is the ability to see the, the future consequences of your current decisions. Listen to that. Wisdom is the ability to see the future consequences of your current decisions. And we make some stupid decisions sometimes, all of us do. But what if we just stopped before making those decisions and just thought about the future consequences of the decisions that we make? I I like this quote by Albert Hubbard. He says, every man is a fool for at least five minutes every day. He said, wisdom consists in not exceeding the limit. <laughs> and he's basically saying, hey, we all miss it. We all make foolish judgment and bad choices and bad decisions. But he's basically saying, limit that. Try not to have too much of that in your life. Try not to have too much. You know, we all, we all have a little room for error. We all miss it and make mistakes. But he said, try to limit that. Don't, don't exceed your limits there because you don't want to get off into too many foolish decisions and wrong choices because that will bring ruin and destruction to your life. So you don't want to, and to be honest with you, five minutes is a long time to make a foolish, you know, to make foolish decisions. You could, you could really mess yourself up in a split second with a, with a wrong decision. And so uh, I, I somewhat disagree with him. I think five minutes is too long. <laughs> That's a long time. You could kill yourself in five minutes. With a, with a bad decision, uh, I know a, a young man right now who has permanently um, damaged his body, permanently, young man, just because he made a foolish decision on the way home from school. 
one, it was one split decision that permanently nearly paralyzed his body uh, for the rest of his life over one foolish decision. So I disagree with him. I, you know, I don't think that uh, we even should be foolish for five minutes a day because you can get yourself in serious, serious ruin in, in five minutes. But um, the Bible has so much to say about making some good decisions and making some good choices. Turn over to, turn over to the book of uh, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. Notice what it says here. It says, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Notice that. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, the word circumspect there, it means the quality of making responsible and careful decisions. And so that's what that verse is saying. Make sure you have this quality of making responsible and careful decisions. And so the Bible says, you know, make good decisions. Not as fools, but as wise. And so to to live wise, sensible, and intelligent lives. And so we need the wisdom of God. And so we find in life that normally when we find ourselves in in bad shape is normally because we have made a bad decision somewhere along the line, a bad choice somewhere, or a series of bad decisions and choices somewhere. Or I would even say this, it's because we failed. To make a decision to do a certain thing in our life that brings uh, much ruin and disaster in our lives. So as a result of bad decisions or a failure to make proper decisions, we can really get ourselves in trouble in life. I like something that that uh, John Maxwell states. He says that there are 12 areas of life that we should make good decisions in 12 areas of life. We should make good decisions in every day. And he actually calls them, he entitles them the daily dozen. Twelve decisions you ought to make every day. Twelve good decisions that you ought to make every day. That's a part of the process of weaving wisdom into your everyday life. He said, number one, you ought to make good decisions for your attitude, attitude attitude. You decide what type of attitude you're going to have each and every day. So you got to make good decisions about your attitude every day. Number two, priorities, what's really important, um, what's really in the line or the vein of your life's purpose, your life's calling, what's going to advance you, increase you. You should have your priorities in order, those things excelling in your strengths and working on those things uh, that are really important. Priorities. You should make good decisions concerning your priorities in life. Number three, your health. Your health. You should make good decisions daily concerning your health. So much of sickness and disease is really just a result of a person making poor health choices over the course of their lives. And so they, you know, they end up with sickness and disease really in a large extent because they make poor choices on a daily basis. You know, heart attack doesn't just happen overnight. Normally a heart attack happens. That's an accumulation of years of you placking up your arteries with the wrong foods and with stress and with no exercising. And so make good decisions concerning your health. Number four, make good decisions every day concerning your family, your family. 
your family, prioritizing your, your family, your relationships. Number, uh, number five, make good decisions every day concerning your thinking. Take time to think strategically. Take time to think creatively. Take time to think uh, reflectively. Your thinking, that's a decision you ought to make. You ought to take some quiet time every day just to think. You'd be amazed at what your little pea brain can come up with. Uh, <laughs> think, 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 think. You'd be surprised. Most people spend all the time, you know, it's so noisy. We, we take very little concerted effort to sit quietly and to think. You'd be surprised what you can come up with. Think. Number six, you'll make decisions uh, concerning your commitment, your commitment. And this is not allowing yourself to have excuses for not doing certain things that you should be doing every day. That's your commitment. So make a decision about your commitment that I'm not going to allow anything to hinder me or to stop me from doing what I'm supposed to. Your commitment, that's a decision you need to make every day. Number seven, your finances. So make good decisions concerning your finances every day. Number eight, your faith. Make good decisions concerning your relationship with God and living out your faith. Number nine, make good decisions concerning your relationships with others. Number 10, make good decisions with concerning your uh, generosity, your generosity to others in life. Number 11, you should make good decisions concerning your values. What are your core values? What are your core values? That should be a decision you make every day. And number 12, you should make a decision concerning your growth every day. You should make a decision concerning your growth every day. So those are just um, something he entitled the, the Daily Dozen. So 12 areas that we should make good decisions, good choices in every day. Wisdom is about good decisions. I was talking to Pastor Dale one time and he, he, he said to me, he said, people have been substituting faith for wisdom. They've been substituting faith for wisdom. And you shouldn't do that. Wisdom, God gives us wisdom to operate in daily life. And in, in certain instances, we've been substituting faith where we should be using wisdom, godly wisdom, godly wisdom. I love this um, particular verse. Um, it's about Jesus, and we, we don't have time to turn there. But in John eight fifty nine, I love this verse because it shows the natural, the practical wisdom of Jesus that he used in his life and ministry. But in, in John chapter 8, verse 59, there was a situation where he was about to be killed before his time. And, he, you know, these, these mob of men, they were angry and they were about to stone him or kill him by some means. And when they got ready to do it, the Bible says Jesus hid. He hid. Now, I was really shocked there because Jesus could have relied on his faith. He could have said, angels, you all come down here and protect me, get me out of here. He could have prayed for God to do some kind of miracle to just make him vanish. But, you know, the Bible says Jesus hid. Jesus saw a pillar in the temple. He got behind that pillar. He understood. <laughs> Jesus understood that he had to use some natural wisdom. If he wanted to live, he, he wasn't ready to die right then. He had to exert natural wisdom. Jesus hid. Every turn to your neighbor said, Jesus hid. <laughs> that was wisdom. That was that was godly wisdom. And so so often we've substituted faith in situations where we should be using wisdom. There are some times you just need to get out of there. I mean, if somebody is, you know, if you're in some dangerous situation, wisdom would dictate to you to get out of there. There have been many places I've there have been places I've been where I didn't pray for protection. I was too busy getting out of there to pray for protection. Because wisdom said, you don't need to be here. Get out of here. So wisdom. We've substituted faith for wisdom and, and got us in trouble in so many different areas. So wisdom is something Jesus walked in. 
Uh, those of you who are listening, I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, part two, Wisdom for Living, message number 7428. You can listen to it in its entirety, and you can email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to airjesus.com and the onlineword.com. This was the second part in the Living for Wisdom sermon by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7428. That's 7428. The first part is number 7427. To listen to both messages, go to the onlineword.com. Listen to airjesus.com and the onlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.